Hello and welcome to the First Right Podcast, the weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration of America. I'm your host, Nick Chivas, and today we're excited to have with us retired Colonel John Mills, cybersecurity expert and former director of cybersecurity policy, strategy, and international affairs at the Department of Defense. All right, so let's talk about your most recent book, The War on the Deep State, which is a spinoff of your first book, The Nation Will Follow. Can you elaborate on an action plan for citizens to prepare for some of the events that you reference in your book? Uh, thank you, Nick, and an honor to be on your show. Yeah, War Against the Deep State talks about the foundations of the mass surveillance program, uh, which I was involved with in 2007 and 2014, uh, which has really given rise to the fourth, fifth, and sixth branches of government, being the administrative state, being the fourth, uh, the fifth being the unlawful fusion of big tech with federal law enforcement and intelligence, and the sixth being the rise of the nonprofits and uh, their uh, behavior uh, as typified by uh, the UPenn Biden Center, where they very willfully uh, were involved in election meddling. Uh, so as it relates to the to 95 percent of the American citizen citizenry, this is a, and it also has a further amplifying detail on the need to get involved at the local level. If you don't like the deep state at the national or international level, if you don't like the globalists, if you don't like what China, communist China is up to, it's all based upon counties that we can't count on uh, and that are untrusted. Uh, so out of the 3,300 roughly county, county equivalents in America, if that's the foundation for our constitutional republic. If you have a clean, if you have a clean county, it'll be a lot cleaner if you get involved. If you don't have a clean county, uh, it'll help put your county county equivalent on the pathway to being a clean county because that's the, that's our constitutional system. It's all based on the county. Yeah, and I've done some reporting myself in the Biden Penn Center. It's very dirty dealings going on there, so it's funny you should bring that up. But let's switch to Twitter. After the bombshell release of the Twitter files after Elon Musk took over the company, we now know the deep state was directing these big tech platforms to weaponize their platforms during the 2020 election. To what extent are these government actors still involved in online censorship? Oh, I think very involved. In fact, all eyes, uh, my, my book, and I'm a direct material witness on the Missouri and Louisiana case that's in front of the Supreme Court right now. This is all important. The fate of America hinges upon this, uh, the Supreme Court review of the incredible Missouri and Louisiana case. Now, Matt Taibbi has had a, a great role in this. I'm personally named as one of those uh, censored by Twitter on just one of the lists that has been uh, ferreted out. Uh, but this is this is uh, we're going to see uh, uh, constitutional America is is teetering on the precipice of victory or defeat, depending on the SCOTUS case. So it's all important. Yeah, I think it's Matt, I don't know Matt Taibbi, but he's done some incredible work. And Mudge Zatko, who was the security officer at Twitter, also had stunning revelations that he knew. And I know Mudge a little bit from my Department of Defense work. Uh, great respect for him. Um, and he identified that he knew, Twitter knew, they had foreign intelligence officers from uh, from uh, China, from uh, several countries. They knew it, and uh, the previous leadership did uh, at Twitter did nothing about it. And, and the question is, where was the FBI? Where's, where's the FBI on this? This should be job one in big tech. But I helped in, in, in the book, I go over this. I helped set up this relationship 
uh, starting back in 2006 where, with, uh, with big tech and government. At the time, it seemed like a good idea. It clearly uh, has been weaponized against the American citizen. Yeah, to a degree we've never seen before. Now, we've witnessed data breaches and cybersecurity attacks across the country with big banks being the target. What should the government do to prepare our nation's infrastructure for a possible cyber terror attack? And what other pillars or institutions do you think might be targeted? Oh, excellent question. Well, okay. This is a two-edged sword because part of it is DHS CISA, so Department of Homeland Security, uh, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, have declared 18 critical sectors. Okay, part of the problem with that is I don't see law behind that declaration because part of that declaration, they just kind of said, and we're taking over election infrastructure. It's like, okay, there's actually very little legal basis for any of this stuff. You always got, I didn't get through almost 35, 40 years of national security work without ever being charged or indicted. You always, from day one, from the absolute minute you start a program, you have to know your legal basis. And you don't, well, I just depend on the lawyers for that. No, you personally, because you, you're on the blame line, not your lawyers if something goes south. So you have to be pretty savvy on these matters. And it's like, I'm sorry, I can't cite the federal law in which DHS CISA declared ownership of these 18 sectors. Now, if they want to facilitate, enable, okay, one thing, but I mean, we, we need some clear law on these matters. Uh, that's a little bit of a problem. Now, let's just assume they're doing this for good reasons. Um, you know, if you want to get technical, uh, you know, we, I measured the department. I led a team measure the department for four years, actually the DOD and the IC. You know, a very significant amount of our breaches occurred because of one of three main factors. And it was first was um, failure to use two-factor authentication. Uh, second was spear phishing. Uh, when you click on a link that is untrusted and made it through your 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 cybersecurity, your your uh, web filter, I mean your 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 uh, 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 it got through your system and it didn't get ground up in your cybersecurity uh, capabilities. And you click on it, boom! You've just given access to a for, uh, to an actor. And the third part is the uh, insider, and that insider can be a a a, a trusted insider who went rogue such as Edward Snowden. I know people sometimes, oh, Edward Snowden is a patriot because he released all this stuff. I, I mean, I'm not going to get involved in that. Uh, the reality is he released a huge amount of very classified information that was very damaging, right or wrong. Um, the, uh, um, but there's also the unwitting insider who, and this happens over and over and over again, that that you get that you get that cage space at that big data uh, data center, which DC is just being surrounded by data centers, and somebody forgets to set the password on that server or that router, or it's a very weak password. Happens all the time. So that is an incredible amount of. Uh, I'm not going to give an exact number, but we came up with an exact number. Um, of how things get penetrated in, in the world of cybersecurity. It seems so simple for such a complex and, and money-driven business, so it's surprising. Now, you talked about foreign actors, so let's focus on China. There's been an uptick in concern about them gathering information on U.S. citizens. They're purchasing farmland, encouraging social credit score systems globally. How can a citizen protect their personal data in today's technological age, and how can they help push back against this attack on our way of life? 
Well, I, I think uh, protecting their data is is essentially what I just talked about. Always try to use two-factor authentication. That means more than just username and password. That use, means using a token. Uh, uh, you, you keep a, a token with you, or you know they they generate a code, send it to your phone. That's a huge help right there. Uh, and again, uh, uh, spear phishing and uh, untrusted emails huge part of an attempt to to breach your own personal home network. And then uh, the, the trusted or untrusted, uh, <clears throat> the witting or unwitting insider. Uh, if you have passwords all around your home computer uh, and your home computer is in a public space where friends and neighbors congregate normally at your house, probably a bad idea. Who knows uh, uh, where uh, one of your uh, friends, or your kids takes one of those passwords. OK, so so that's that's. You know, for the home, average homeowner and uh, average person, that's 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 the way to really try to really make sure you're secure. Now, as far as China, um, I want to point out the Goshen episode recently in Michigan, and that's where uh, the uh, uh, the Michigan governor, who I think uh, uh, is not doing things in accordance with uh, the Constitution or with what's right for America, has invited in the Chinese battery company maker called Goshen. Very questionable. Any company like this is a vanguard for Chinese influence activities. And it was citizens, citizens at the county level that raised a stink and really helped shut down and really slow down. And actually, I don't think they've succept, uh, successfully rejected all of the Goshen endeavors, but several of the Goshen endeavors have just essentially shut down because uh, the company and everybody said this is just going to be too difficult. Uh, uh, citizens are raising a stink. But also uh, in North Dakota, where they're trying to buy up land, I think it was the old Glasgow Air Force Base in the top right corner of North Dakota. It was citizens who pointed this out because the Chinese read our laws in great detail and analyze them and read to them. Obviously, our legislators, lawyers, and uh, uh, elected officials don't read our own laws, and I know that from immense experience, uh, but the Chinese have been very savvy at this, and they knew that there is actually no federal law uh, prohibiting the purchase of land uh, by, uh, foreign, uh, by foreign actors. So they knew this was a huge gap and seam to exploit. And uh, so people say, oh, there's no federal law. No, there's absolutely no requirement to, there's no federal database. So, you know, and even though I worked uh, with the related matter of CFIUS, Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States, um, CFIUS never looked at land purchases. So they they played us on this. Uh, and they played the gap and seam line. So good on them. They actually read our, our legislation. Uh, it'd be nice <laughs> if our own legislators and lawmakers and, and executive branch officials actually read it. They knew it. They, they, they saw a gap and seam and they, they went for it. It seems like we're starting to see a little bit of an uptick in bipartisan support for banning them buying up farmland and looking into China, but not enough, obviously, as you said, for, for action. Finally, I want to ask you about the 2024 election. Do you foresee cybercrime playing a part in that? And uh, to add a part to the question, how much do white hat hackers play in defending the country and trying to defend against these kind of attacks, specifically with regard to the election that's coming up? Well, okay, interesting question. Uh, dur during my time in DOD, we actually leveraged a number of white hacker concepts. Um, 
Um, it was bug bounties and things like that. And it's actually become kind of a standardized uh, trade practice in the, in the IT and software industry is to pay people to look for bugs in your software. It actually works pretty well. What is interesting is I don't see the federal government saying, hey, uh, would somebody come and look at the uh, Albert sensor and pay, uh, let us know about uh, problems with the Albert sensor that is supposed to be securing the election infrastructure. I don't think I've heard DHS CISA saying that one. So it's a very selective use of bug bounties. But, but you know, it's essentially having somebody do check your homework. It's actually not a bad idea, um, but uh, and it works. But uh, uh, it's very selective application by uh, an executive branch that uh, seems to captured by uh, one, one, one certain leaning element of uh, the political spectrum and also by China. So uh, uh, citizens rise up, do... <laughs> Do what you're supposed to do in a constitutional republic and get involved in your county. Grab that, grab that uh, uh, screen fence and let it roar. Get involved. That's a great message. You got to step up and uh, to save the republic, we got to do it one person at a time at the local level. I agree. Well, it was great to have you with us, Colonel. Thank you so much. Best of luck with the upcoming projects. Thank you for outlining how we can brace for what's ahead. And uh, the way cybersecurity is handled in the future is going to have a massive impact on our personal freedoms and on the country's security. So please keep up the good work and, and keep fighting the good fight. Thank you, Nick. An honor to be on your show. Looking forward to being back. All right. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and for supporting conservative media. Don't ever forget that by working together and staying vigilant, we can bring our country back to true greatness. Until next week, let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. We'll see you then. First Right, a new kind of news summary without the liberal slant. Every morning, in your inbox, always free. Subscribe by texting First Right to 30161. That's First Right, all caps, one word, to 30161.